This is IISE's Michael Hughes. Are you ready to take your career to the next level? Earning a master's in engineering management from the University of Louisville can strengthen your leadership skills and open new career opportunities in just 10 courses. In UofL's fully online program, you can take just one course at a time and complete the coursework whenever it's most convenient to you, making it easy to balance life and education. All you need is a bachelor's in the STEM field. No GRE required. Engineer the future. Get signed up today at louisville.edu slash online. This is Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, where we talk to industrial and systems engineers about their work, ideas, and solutions. Welcome to Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. I'm IISE's Michael Hughes here with IE professor Tomas Terlaki of Lehigh University and two of his former students, Dr. Mohammed Shahab Safa and Anshul Sharma. A few years ago, Tomas co-authored an article for what was then Industrial Engineer that I was editing. Now it's ISE Magazine. The article was about applying industrial and systems engineering principles to the multifactorial problem of assigning inmates to facilities for the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections. We'll get to how things have changed since then, but Tomas, this all started when you got a call from jail, right? That's not really an everyday occurrence at Lehigh, is it? No, that was a very special call. It was coming out of blue and uh, myself being department chair at that time, the secretary, my assistant was coming in that someone is calling from the prison. Do you want to talk to him? (laughs) And uh, I made the phone call. I said that that's very unusual, but let's see what uh, they are asking, what they need, what they uh, have to say. And uh, that was by now almost uh, seven and a half years ago. And uh, that ended up with a very long, very successful project, which started as a university project in multiple phases. I can uh, jump in that uh, ahead that we uh, overperformed. They started to use it. And then uh, after the university project uh, exhausted, the students graduated. Essentially, the only way to get the commercial product uh, running was they started to use the university research project as a commercial product that uh, making a company, what is called Optimo. And uh, with my two former students, uh, Mohammed and Anshul, essentially, we are the Optimo company at this point. Congratulations on that. So, Mohammed and Anshul, you two got involved a little bit later after that 2014 article. How novel is this application of industrial and systems engineering? And did either of you enter school deciding, you know, I really can't wait to use my tools and talents to uh, help assign inmates to the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections? So uh, I got involved in the project since 2014. And uh, at that time, I got asked by Dr. Chalaki whether I'm interested to work in this project. It was a different application than I had seen before. I mean, using uh, operations research and optimization to optimize processes and corrections. At the beginning, it took us a while to to understand basically the environment, the prison environment. And uh, we worked quite a while to get familiar with the terminologies they have, with the, uh, with the rules and the restrictions in their environment. And uh, we were, I guess, uh, able to set up a system which has been uh, amazing for them after about after working for about two or three years. Hi, this is Anshul. Uh, so I was involved in this project uh, in the late of 2016. So I was just walking down the corridor in the department and I saw this uh, on-campus uh, employment opportunity and then it was 
it said that you need to in, uh, assign inmates and then you, we need a grad students who can help us with the data and the other uh, application uh, development stuff so that's that's when i got involved i interviewed for the for the position and then much to my surprise uh, i was really interested into what what professor talaki and mohammed were doing at that time and uh, the major heavy lifting was was pretty much done by by mohammed and professor talaki i joined in at the later stages of the of the project and and it, since then it has been a great experience uh, and now we i mean i'm part of this company uh, along with along with professor talaki and mohammed and it has been uh, quite a journey i'd say <laughs> it really sounds like it so the optima application basically from the way I understand it, it crunches a lot of information, narrows the choices down so that the decision maker has a few options as to where he or she will send the inmate as a, a decision making tool. Could you kind of classify this as big data for the big house? I would go a little bit back even before answering this part of the question is that, okay. uh, as Mohammed said, this was a really uh, unusual application. It's a very, uh, still a unique application. It's a very new, unusual environment. So there's no trace of uh, using industrial engineering tools uh, operations research tools in uh, correctional systems, neither in the correctional uh, literature nor in the industrial engineering literature. It's really some, uh, as I say also to my uh, friends and colleagues who are asking how we got it and what we do is, it's really someone is dropping you in the middle of the chi- of China without speaking any Chinese. So uh, it's an environment uh, where uh, there's no industrial engineer, there's no even engineer in the in the office around. So you have to learn their language. You have to let's say build trust. You have to communicate in a way as they understand the engineering concepts without scaring them away. Because you know, mathematics is not always the most popular for the general population. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Or else we'd all be engineers. So it, it it was a long, interesting journey. How to let's say understand us their language and how they understood, at least in a certain level, all language and how to build uh, all of this application. As you asked, is it really a complex big data, big uh, uh, complex application? It's a very complex application. They uh, In Pennsylvania, they uh, as they have about 50,000 inmates. It was more than 53,000 at that time when we started uh, in the state system only. Uh, the assignment is extremely complicated. Uh, there are, uh, when we first documented what are the rules and procedures, what they are using, we recorded over 120 rules. Wow. As uh, talking with the eight captain plus their boss of the director of the Office of Population Management, what, and, uh, what are the rules, what they apply, what are the criteria in the, the assignments? And every week they are assigning like three, 400 inmates assigning and reassigning. In this conversation, it's also turned out that actually many of the rules are, as I would say, individual different interpretation of the same rules. So even they couldn't agree initially what are the exact rules, because even if it was written, people give different interpretation. That's got to make it tough for the engineer. If they can't agree on the rules to begin with, you've got to kind of go in and sort that out and find common ground in a foreign language. Yep. Uh, but uh, I would say that that's why it took also so long because it it never happened before. Getting all of these uh, let's say clarifications, unifications, uh, it took like three years um, <laughs> even to get a reasonably well agreed uh, set of rules and procedures, and we reduced the number of let's say misinterpretations from 120 some to less than 70. And uh, in a later phase, the director of the Office of Population Management said that if we would have stopped at that time, 
that would have been already a tremendous help for them. They already could have harvested about half of the benefits, Mm -hmm. what they have today. It's a very complex problem. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of data about uh, uh, inmates, about the correctional facilities, about their rehabilitation programs, uh, about all the health and other needs of the inmates, the capacity and open uh, seats uh, and beds in the different facilities and seats in the uh, edu- uh, rehabilitation programs. So getting to really the engineering uh, modeling uh, required first to clarify the rules. And uh, we went through, in a, let's say, a few generations of graduate students. Uh, Mohammed and Anshul are the last. <laughs> the last of the breed. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, so they really uh, played a major role of developing the final solution. Wow, that sounds really cool. So it sounds like with such a complex problem, it had to manually take a, a number of employees a long time to classify several hundred inmates a day or several hundred inmates a week. And you're talking about 50,000 inmates plus in the entire system. What kind of savings in time, manpower and money are we talking about when you apply the Optimo solution to this problem? The Pennsylvania Department of Corrections have been using our system, the Inmate Assignment Decision Support System or IADSS, since 2016. And uh, they have done an internal study quantifying the savings of using IADSS to assign inmates to prisons. This annual saving of using IADSS uh, is uh, closer to $3 million. And the projected savings over five years is uh, closer to $20 million. Uh, it's been a tremendous uh, productivity enhancement for them. And these savings have been in uh, four uh, main areas. First of all, they have been able to reduce the waiting time of inmates in starting their treatment programs. This ultimately helps to reduce the inmate population because it helps inmates to become eligible for parole faster. Uh, and uh, that alone has helped them to save uh, over a million dollars annually. The other, the other thing which is, uh, which is important for the Department of Corrections is that it has helped them to reduce violence by considering all the demographic information of the inmates, by considering the so-called separations, looking at the history of, uh, of conflicts between inmates and inmates, inmates and staff, and trying to separate them from each other. By considering all of this, IADSS has helped them to reduce violence uh, at the prisons. So that's the second area. The third is that it has helped them to reduce inmate transportations because uh, IADSS takes into account all the needs and requirements of the inmates at the time of the assignment. So by using IADSS to assign inmates, there will be less need for future inmate transportations. Like when uh, in 2016, before the system was used, they had about 1,000 inmate transportations per week. And now in 2019, uh, the inmate transportations has gone down to uh, 650 per week. 35% reduction in inmate transportations, uh, which is which is quite significant for them. And that is uh, mostly because we take into account all the needs of the inmates upfront. And last, as you mentioned, is that less staff hour is now needed to make assignments. Previously, they had seven people in the, in the office uh, spending all their time assigning inmates to prison. Now, with a uh, 
click of a button within a few seconds to a few minutes, they can assign uh, tens or hundreds of inmates simultaneously and of course more efficiently. So this is the fourth area where they have been able to uh, improve efficiency and save money. So beyond the monetary savings, it sounds like there's a a huge impact in the humanity of the system because if inmates can get the treatment they need sooner, get eligible for parole quicker, get back out and start their lives and start rebuilding their lives sooner, you know, there's just a positive impact on their lives and the reduction of violence in the system. So it's beyond money. It's really a, a human factors equation. Yeah, that is that is definitely true. And as Professor Talaki uh, earlier mentioned that there were different interpretation of the same rules. So one of the things that we were able to remove was these different interpretation of the same rules. I mean, consider uh, earlier they used to have 120 uh, different factors and seven people in the office used to make assignments by their own uh, uh, by their own knowledge and their own experience and now we have standardized this process using the IADSS so there is a reason behind an, an assignment of a particular inmate plus on top of that we've also been able to remove the the human bias attached towards during the assignment process and, and on top of that there are multiple multitudes of different factors that we have that, that we have incorporated one of the things that that IDSS does is it assigns the inmates to uh, close to their committing county, meaning that they can f- easily facilitate w- visits from their uh, from their family members during their period of incarceration, which has shown positive effects towards the towards the the behavior of an inmate. Yeah, if the inmate has that family support, then it makes them more likely to. I guess, for lack of a better word, behave, which means they're more likely to get out on parole earlier or be released and get out of the system, saving everybody time, money, aggravation, and again, allowing that inmate to restart his or her life. Exactly. Yep. yep. And uh, and that's actually one of the main goals of of the of a correctional system to uh, help inmates to to become a productive member of the society. By considering all these different rules and criteria of assignment, like trying to assign them closer to home uh, or trying to get them to a facility where they uh, receive all the treatment programs as soon as possible. These are all the different things that uh, can ultimately help inmates to get out faster and become a productive member of the society, which can, which ultimately translates into the recidivism rate, the rate that uh, an inmate recidivates. And uh, studies have shown that, like, if they get effective treatment programs, if they get assigned closer to home, it helps with uh, reducing the recidivism rate. So the 2014 article, it was in the July 2014 issue of Industrial Engineer, if anybody wants to look it up, it was called Assignment Inmate Classification. And it talked about how the initial research project assigned inmates sequentially and how future improvements needed to examine batches of inmates to try to assign them kind of simultaneously to optimize the entire system. And it sounds like your six years of hard work and Lord knows how many interviews with prison officials and how much time you spend examining the entire system has resulted in the ability to do that. Yes, definitely. And uh, actually that uh, article was, uh, let's say, published when we finished the first phase of the project, essentially mapping up all the rules. Uh, that article includes the decision tree, mm-hmm. uh, which is really mapping in the in industrial engineering methodology, all the rules. And uh, that was really uh, systematizing 
if there is an inmate, what are the best facilities for that inmate? Uh, but that, at that phase, it was still uh, everything sequential. We provided also that that kind of tool to the uh, Department of Correction to experiment with it, to refine the rules. At the time when that article appeared, that's when we made the large long-term contract with the Department of Correction to develop the uh, comprehensive uh, mixed integer linear optimization model, which let's say, uh, formalizes all of those rules as mathematical equations inequalities, uh, taking all the inmates, all uh, the inmates characteristics, the correctional institutions capabilities, the treatment program capabilities in one mathematical optimization model, and then providing the optimal solution back to the Department of Correction. So that was including a very uh, let's say sophisticated mathematical modeling, a very large scale, like hundred thousands of equations and variables in a uh, comprehensive assignment large week. Uh, and also in the same time, we developed the graphical user interface, which is uh, making for the users uh, extremely easy and friendly to use. And uh, that's also a very crucial part of any successful implementation and uh, use in, in practice, because uh, as I said, in this environment, there is no engineers. So that has to be a friendly for those who are uh, grown up in the correctional system, very intelligent uh, people, but not educated um, <clears throat> to do sophisticated industrial engineering tools. And actually, Anshul was uh, very crucial to develop that uh, user-friendly interface, and uh, he's still the key person to maintain and update and extend it. So Anshul, tell us all about that uh, graphical user interface that you spent the last few years of your life developing. As Professor Tadlaki mentioned, that it has to be very simple. So we've made it super, uh, super simple to go around and basically uh, assign inmates from and it's it's very intuitive. Uh, all you, all the correctional officer has to do is basically pull the inmates who needs to be assigned to a facility, and uh, with just uh, by giving some input arguments, some input data, just like you know available beds at different facilities, the different treatment program resources available. After that, the officer just has to click on one single button, and then at that particular moment, the mathematical optimization uh, model comes into play. And uh, with with different thousands of equations being solved in the background, it spits out the results uh, by giving the most optimal assignment for all the inmates that was selected that was selected by by the officer. It's it's very easy. It's super user friendly. It, it requires minimal training. It's like operating through a normal website. It's like going through a normal website. And we try to we try to engage. We try to give. Uh, we try to make it as simple as as we can as we as we add more enhancements and more features to our web application i mean and, and then we have always got gotten very positive reviews from the offices who who are using we've never had any complaints so far <laughs> well that's good so so when you go into these correctional facilities or in the offices where they're doing the inmate uh inmate assigning and you see them using the tool do their faces kind of light up do they give you really good feedback are they excited to use the tool compared to what they used to have to do yeah. In fact, just yesterday, we were showing our application to another officer who is in charge of uh, a particular type of petition, a particular types of inmates. Uh, and then and then the moment we showed him the results, he was like, wow, I mean, this this what what you did in this 10 minutes 
uh, I usually spend a week or two in order to make those assignments. So just imagine the amount of work that we have reduced for them, the, the, the amount of complexity that we have taken out of this process. I think it's it's really incredible when you when you look at their faces and then you see that they're really happy looking at the results that we have given them. Well, that's true. And, and every system, no matter whether it's a prison system, a retail system, a logistics system, they're always dealing with the the problem of scarce resources and manpower is a scarce resource. So if you can take somebody who used to spend two weeks doing something, now it takes 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, that frees up so much time that they can go on to higher value work doing things in the system. That's definitely one of the additional even not quantified benefits that uh, they are employing no less uh, people in this uh, office of population management. But even those who are there have a lot of time to, let's say, do other programmatic uh, developments, what they had no time to do before. So they do, let's say, more uh, <clears throat> valuable work uh, in the, uh, with the freed up time. Have you ever been part of an engineering project or team and wished you were calling the shots? The online master's in engineering management at the University of Louisville can expand your career opportunities and prepare you to take on leadership roles in just 10 courses. Classes cover topics like engineering operations, financial management, and more. All you need is a bachelor's in engineering or a related STEM field and the drive to take your career to the next level. Take charge of engineering projects and teams. Get started today at louisville.edu slash online. You know, when you think about it, you know, a lot of things in the prison system could probably benefit from industrial and systems engineering and operations research. I mean, inmates, you can kind of look at it as a warehousing problem, but there's also transportation logistics. There's the food supply. There's personnel scheduling. I mean, likely a whole host of other areas where companies are using ISC tools outside of the prison system that the prison system can incorporate. What other areas do you see for the application of industrial engineering and operations research? Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. We started with the inmate assignment problem, but there are a lot of other problems that can benefit from uh, operations research and industrial engineering concepts. As you mentioned, inmate transportation is a natural extension of of the inmate assignment. Uh, And uh, we have actually started working on that project. We have developed a prototype to optimize inmate transportations for Pennsylvania Department of Corrections. And uh, and, uh, our results show that if they use the system to uh, schedule the inmate transportation, it saves them uh, over a million dollars annually. Uh, and so that's one of the applications that uh, we are already ex- we have already explored. The other is uh, to schedule the treatment programs for inmates. That is a very complicated problem that is done at the facility level. And it's now done manually and it's uh, subjective, meaning that it's done by uh, probably more than 25 different people. As you might guess, they have all different interpretations of the same policy in prioritizing inmates, in scheduling the treatment programs for them. And uh, that is an area where uh, we can uh, help a lot by optimizing uh, treatment program scheduling. Another area which is, which is huge for the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections is the scheduling of the officers. At this point, the Department of Corrections 
spends over $100 million only on the overtime of the officers. And if that process is optimized, it can uh, help them a lot. Although it's it's more complicated since uh, unions are involved in this. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, but uh, the whole point is to consider the objectives of the different uh, uh, players in a process, trying to uh, take into account all the objectives and try to satisfy the objectives as, as much as possible. Like considering the inmate assignment problem, not, we not only consider the objectives, of of the system or the Department of Corrections, but we are able to take into account the objectives of the prisoners. That is the that is one of the beauties of uh, operations research and optimization, where everybody is winning. You know, speaking of winning, y'all won a couple of prestigious awards for this uh, for this research. Well, you were awarded the inaugural IASE Outstanding Innovation in Service Science Engineering Award in 2019, and you also won the Informs Wagner Prize. How did it feel to have your work be recognized so highly? Winning a prize is always a great feeling, <laughs> <laughs> especially when you are winning a, a completely new prize, um, which is first time given. Um, is the uh, outstanding innovation and service uh, systems engineering. But uh, equally uh, great feeling was winning the Wagner Prize of Informs because that's a very uh, traditional, most prestigious prize with extremely uh, heavy competition from, I would say, heavy hitters like uh, people from MIT, Georgia Tech, uh-huh. uh, but also major companies like the Taylor Company, Schneider Trucking, and <clears throat> so really industry and academic-wise, uh, the best uh, competition. But uh, uh, it was really a wonderful feeling. First First, we didn't even dare to hope for it. As we realized and we had the discussions with the jury members, uh, it, it became clear that they were also really giving beyond the technical difficulty and the uh, uh, complexity of the application and the clarity of the solution. Uh, they, they also appreciate extremely uh, that this is really a path-picking application. So this is really something nobody did before. All the other competitors were doing things which uh, I would say doing wonderfully well in application where an area where industrial engineering tools were already typically used. And this is a completely new area, opening a completely new field. And as just discussed a few minutes ago, there are a lot of problems in correction which cry out for industrial systems engineering methodologies. And in the system, there is no one who could do it inside. That's a bit of the difficulty at this point also with our startup company to convince, uh, let's say, other states to convince the federal mm-hmm. system to possibly, that's still a bit of further away, but uh, convince others, uh, let's say, countries, correctional systems, that they, they definitely need it. And um, the more and more discussions we have, it's getting more and more positive feedback. But if it's hard to sell something to someone who has no idea what they are buying. Exactly. I mean, if they don't know the tools are out there, if they don't know the success, they don't know there's a different paradigm other than slogging through this process manually and spending weeks doing something that a decision optimization tool could take minutes. So have you had any interest beyond the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections and Optimo's research yet? We have attended uh, several conferences and trade shows. We've had several webinars and workshops trying to 
explain uh, what we have done, trying to present the benefits and impact of using uh, optimization and industrial engineering methodologies in corrections. And uh, through attending those uh, conferences and having those workshops, we've got uh, uh, quite significant interest from, from a number of states. At this point, we are in communication with at least uh, four or five other states, and they uh, seem to be really interested in this product. Of, of course, the government agencies are uh, are by nature slow in making decisions. Uh, uh, now, considering that in mind, we have seen a significant interest from uh, other correctional systems within the United States. Well, I would think that the results would speak for themselves. Everybody is looking to do more with less. There's always, you know, pressure to lower the tax rates, to take the burden off of the taxpayer, to do more with less. And when you're saving $3 million a year in one system and up to $20 million over five years, when you're reducing by 35% the number of transportation units that are going out every year, that's the kind of stuff that if I'm overseeing a correctional facility or a correctional system somewhere, Hey, man, I'm in. <laughs> uh, listen, it, it takes a while to really to, to get it through. Uh, and uh, as a startup, uh, you probably know that it, uh, it's important to have good references. So it's easy to say that we are saving millions, but they have to believe it. They have to feel it. They have to understand it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, just... Very different thing. Like 20 years ago, I didn't need the feel that I even would need a, a mobile phone. Right. It took a while for me to t- to understand all the advantages to get to the smartphone. And today it would be hard to live without it. And that's the process uh, a bit on it. That uh, in Pennsylvania also took several years to not only just to let's say learn the language and build the application and everything, but to really show them step by step the advantages to understand them get them to understood that how much they can benefit on it. And uh, uh, I might say without any hesitation today that they cannot live without this application. They just have no way to go back to the old manual. Sounds like a repeat customer. So <laughs> when did the light go on with the Department of Corrections in Pennsylvania when you know, you're working on this, this job, you're doing this research, you're interviewing so many people, you're learning this new language of the correctional system? What clicked with them where they came back to you and wanted you to do more and said, well, we got to have more of y'all? As I said, it was a long process, but just to give you, a, give you an example that uh, uh, at the very beginning, they were very resistant because we were speaking a language, but they didn't understood. When we talked about mathematics and optimization, they were not comfortable with it. But when we started to formalize all of the rules, um, we, uh, we get this uh, decision tree application. That was something as they were thinking. So the decision tree was really an important step, intermediate step, not only for us to formalize everything, but also for them to accept it because they could follow simply all the lines. Okay, this tells me not to put in that, those facilities because they don't have the proper healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, when that started to get, uh, let's say, consolidated, finalized, uh, we played the uh, simple game that, okay, as long as you do manually, or even with this tool, sequentially the assignments, you will never get the really good assignment. You don't know how to do it uh, because you, you will get the best place to the first uh, inmate. You get the second best place to the second inmate. And when you are getting to inmate 150, I would say only inappropriate places are available at that point. 
So with the decision tree, a small application, we showed them, here is three inmates from your system. Uh, here is, here is a, obviously set up, but a realistic scenario that what are the available bets in the, let's say, these 10 um, uh, correctional institutions. And we are making the best assignment for inmate A, then the best assignment for inmate B, and best assignment for inmate C, showing them that, okay, this is the best what you can do one by one. And they all, everybody agreed in it. There is no better assignment than that. I said, okay, let's now flip the order. Start with inmate C, do inmate B and inmate A. And we got a much better assignment. So that was a kind of eye-opening for the captains that, yeah, you are choosing a random order. You are not assigning them simultaneously. So this could be done or should be done somewhat better without this uh, randomness of who is the first in, first out. That's not a good assignment. Mm -hmm. So that's when we uh, started to get uh, them to convince that this really needs a comprehensive uh, operations research modeling using all of that mathematics. But we said, you don't have to understand. (laughs) It's absolutely nothing for you to worry about it. But we need more time. We need a longer term research contract to get that. But that was a kind of click. Okay, we don't really understand what these guys are doing, but they show me show us something which sounds useful. It's a tease. It's showing results so that if you get the research and get the ability to fund it and go forward, you can show more. You're, you're right. People like me don't necessarily need to understand the entire black box that goes into industrial engineering. We need that graphical user interface that Anshul developed so that we can use the black box. And once you showed them that out of this black box come good results, let's keep on going and you can get more good results, then they got the kind of buy-in that you needed. And the good thing is that they don't need to know anything about that black box. And at this point, uh, they don't even know, they don't even remember the rules that are incorporated. Because uh, previously, before the system was implemented, they had to have everything in mind. All those 60 or 120 rules before the system was deployed, they have to they had to have it in mind and they had to make decisions considering all those rules. And that was one of the reasons that they made a lot of errors in making assignments and they got a lot of complaints. Now, uh, they don't need to have all of that in mind. They can they just need to check some of uh, the quality measures that are defined and approve the assignments. And uh, that has helped them a lot because previously all the process was uh, heavily dependent on the experience of the staff. Now with this application, making uh, inmate assignments needs uh, much less experience. That's another aspect of using uh, uh, optimization and such systems in making decisions. Yeah, when you're talking about 120 rules just to assign one inmate, and then you're also factoring in health needs, uh, nutrition needs, mental health, security level, I can't even think of how many other factors go into it. That sounds like cognitive overload for just one inmate. Yep, yep. that's that's definitely something which no human can 100% correctly do, because it's really the hundreds of inmates, the uh, the hundred or uh, different rules, but also you have the uh, in Pennsylvania 25 correctional institutions with about 100 prison units and all of the capabilities, capacities, open seats of all of those should be also kept into mind. And then you have to ma- match them. 
Well, it sounds like you all are well on the way toward potentially conquering the world with Optima's uh, solutions for inmate classification or inmate assignments, not classifications. I apologize for that. (laughs) Um, But all of my questions are pretty much wrapped up right now, gentlemen. But if there is something that I should have asked that I didn't ask, now is your time. On a personal level, I mean, I really like doing uh, the, the kind of job that I'm doing because not only when it comes to uh, just saving taxpayers money uh, we we are doing something which is which is good for the inmates which are we are doing something at the very ground level our impact is at the very ground level so it's uh, it's it's highly rewarding in a sense that you know you know our software helps us to make the world a little better every every day so that's that's something on the silver lining. <laughs> well, that is, that's a great silver lining because you're helping the decision maker, you're helping the inmate, you're helping the system overall. It's your traditional industrial and systems engineering win, win, win. Yes. Yep, that's right. That is correct. And you know what uh, started as, a, as an exploratory research project has turned out to be a successful business. Uh, as students, we had a challenge of setting up the system, making sure that the system works. Now, uh, now that we have started this business, we have much bigger challenges. And uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, we've learned a lot on the business side after graduation. And we are uh, really uh, hopeful about the future. This area uh, is, uh, is, is quite uh, uh, new when it comes to using uh, operations research and industrial engineering methodologies. So we believe that we can tremendously help this field uh, by uh, using these technologies to uh, optimize processes and improve efficiency. And uh, of course, at the same time, we believe that uh, uh, this is going to be a big business within the next few years. Well, I hope so for your sake, not just for the company, but for the field as well. And I'm looking, kind of thinking like health systems. Uh, decades ago, there were only a few industrial engineers working in, in healthcare. Now they're almost all over the place. Do you think perhaps in the future we could have industrial engineers working with prison systems all around the country and maybe all around the world? I guess so. Like 30 years ago or 40 years ago, ago, airlines started using operations research for their daily operations. And now all the airlines uh, have in-house capabilities to use such technologies. At this point, uh, corrections don't have the the capability to do it in-house. We believe that within the next few years, they will start hiring and, uh, and employing people who are experts in this area, helping them to improve efficiency, save money, and uh, reach the objectives of their systems. Mohamed is perfectly right, and also with the example uh, you Using airlines, although I might add to it that uh, airlines were still a more friendly environment for uh, the industrial engineering applications. Uh, airlines are primarily engineering and uh, uh, MBA business people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in correctional systems, you don't see engineers. You even don't see people who are educated in as an MBA with some very basic operations research uh, methodologies. Right. Industrial engineers and MBAs don't grow up wanting, I can't wait to go join the prison system. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But really from both sides, that uh, this is not in the mindset of the graduating students as an opportunity, but also from the other side, uh, there is no tradition to hiring this kind of people. 
Uh, I, I fully agree with what Mohamed said, that this is uh, something which will develop um, a major employment field and a major application for industrial systems engineering applications. Uh, I'm just a bit more cautious at how quickly it will happen, because uh, this is an environment where really have to start to hire this kind of people, so it has to build uh, um, so these um, capabilities. Um, so they, they don't know what they don't know mm-hmm. uh, at this point. But uh, this education was going to all of these correctional conferences, going to the uh, correctional leadership conferences, uh, is essentially helping them to learn, helping them to understand. Uh, it's getting in their thinking that this can be done. I, we heard about it doing getting done in Pennsylvania. Hopefully, in a, in a not too tar- uh, far future, is getting a few other states, and then start to explore as uh, uh, all of this is going uh, to broader uh, application areas and bo- broader states or federal systems uh, where this is going to be applied. This was really an in, uh, incredibly interesting journey from, let's say, the phone call through a long uh, multi-phase uh, research, university research project to making a unique startup company, which was for really interesting for, let's say, the professors involved and the students on it. And uh, still an interesting uh, journey how to build a successful business with all the legal and other requirements around. Well, I hope that journey continues. If it sounds like y'all are not only doing good things for people and good things for the system, you're really enjoying yourselves doing this work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an... <laughs> very uh, rewarding and interesting experience. Also with the rewards that we were talking about, the ISC, Outstanding Innovation Service Systems Engineering Award and the Wagner Prize. But we got also invited to the uh, Pennsylvania State, Pennsylvania Capitol, to the House and also to the Senate, where we got uh, on-floor recognition for the contribution to the uh, progress and well-being of the Commonwealth. Wow. That's also a unique experience. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. Well, gentlemen, we really appreciate your time. Good luck with Optimo. Good luck with the research in the future. And I hope these kind of systems come to a correctional facility near everybody soon. Yep, we hope so too. We hope so too. (laughs) Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. This has been an episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you're an IISE member, you can participate in discussions about this and other episodes at connect.iise.org. If you're not a member yet, then you can learn all about the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers at our website, iise.org. Thanks for listening to our show. 